welcome you today to listen to this message from the second the second book of the Corinthians chapter one verses three to eleven. Second Corinthians chapter one verses three to eleven. And the title of this message is The God of All Comfort. So, Second Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 to 11. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforted us in all our tribulations, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the suffering of Christ abounds in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. And whether we be afflicted, it is of your consolation and salvation which is effectual in the enduring of the same suffering which we also suffer, or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as ye were partakers of the suffering, so shall ye be also of the consolation. For we can not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God, who raised the dead, who delivered us from so great a death, that doth deliver, in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. He also helped together by prayer for us, that for the gift bestowed upon us by the means of many persons, Thanks may be given by many on our behalf. Today as we are looking at the second epistle from Paul to the Christians in Corinth, which was probably written about a year after his first letter, There is little doubt that this was one of the most personal and impassioned of Paul's letters. His deep concern for the people and his desire to ensure the true gospel remains with them as evident. When Titus 
had visited the Corinthians after they received Paul's first letter to see how they were maturing and then went to meet with Paul in Philippi to report back with him on the progress he had found amongst the believers during that visit. He reported that the Corinthians had received and responded positively to the first corrective letter that had a number of the concerns he had he had for the church and had been addressed by as a result. And one of these concerns was disunity amongst the believers. And while Titus reported back to Paul and the majority and had addressed this matter, there were still problems of a minority who continued to criticize Paul, attempting to discredit his authority as an apostle, accusing him of being proud, dishonest and and unqualified to minister the gospel. You know it's probable that these men didn't like the teacher the teaching in Paul's first letter and rather than repent and change their behaviour they turned on Paul and levied accusations at him. Of course, pretty much where for everywhere Paul went, he was also followed by Judaizers, and it's likely they were in Corinth, stirring up trouble, and teaching the people that Christ alone was insufficient, and they must continue to be circumcised and observe the particulars of the law. These false teachers also suggested that Paul's own affliction, which is often referred to in scripture but not defined, was a sign that he could not be an apostle of Christ. And these accusations are addressed in the passage we're looking at today, but in defending himself, he also enduring that the believers understand that the Christian life is not guaranteed to be free from pain, suffering and affliction, that their faith must be genuine regardless of circumstance and cannot be motivated out of selfish desire for personal gain. Following the, the opening greeting in verses 1 and 2, Paul begins by reminding the Corinthians of the nature of God as immensely merciful, abounding in love for us. And I'd like to consider three aspects of this passage. Our first point in verses 3 to 4, the praise to God of all comfort. And our second point will be Verses 5 to 7, with Paul's personal suffering and comfort. And the third point, delivery. From verses 8 to 11, 
deliverance from death. And our first part, the praise, the praise and to the God of all comfort in verses 3 and 4 gives us gives us the foundation in which this message is based. Paul gives Paul is praising God who has shown so much mercy and comfort to him despite the the troubles and suffering he has endured. And these two attributes of mercy and comfort reveal a very close and personal relationship he has with the Father. The word comfort in this passage is the Greek word paraklesis. In the New Testament, this word comfort means something more than just a common sympathy idea. The meaning is more pers- more special and personal. It gives the idea of coming along beside us, strengthening, equipping, and building us up, making us strong. God comforts us through the power of the Holy Spirit, through His Holy Spirit, which indwells us from the moment we first believe. So, who comforts us in all our afflictions and tribulations? Paul had experienced much suffering. It's hard for us to comprehend why God allows us to experience suffering or go through tribulation and affliction, but Paul doesn't go to the people complaining of a hardened and impersonal God who has distanced himself from man, but rather encourages them to give praise to God and thanks him for his comforting hand. But why does God allow suffering? Isn't he the God of love? We know he controls all circumstances in our lives, so it's difficult to figure out why God would allow us to suffer. If he loves us so if he loves us if he loves us so much. But with God there is always a reason. I remember back in March in two thousand and nine and I know this goes on today, but this story um still sticks with me today and what had happened was there was a mob maybe there was maybe around 30 30 anti-Christian extremists they attacked two missionaries from the from the Gospel for Asia organization and the mob barged into their dwelling and stripped them naked and beat them up also destroyed their possessions with fire. The mob took them to the police station where they were taken into custody and were released later on were released later on with the help from the, the Gospel for Asia organization leaders. 
And through this difficult situation and affliction, the missionaries were praising Jesus and told the gospel for racial leaders that they felt the experience increased their faith in him. And they quoted, It was a great privilege to be persecuted for the gospel of Christ. In the time of Paul, many were persecuted, martyred for proclaiming the gospel, including Paul himself. Today there are believers around the world who continue to endure persecution for the cause of Christ. Through affliction, they are shown God's mercy and comfort. They trust God has a purpose in their suffering and they rejoice in the knowledge that they are proclaiming the gospel. They have learned something which is often still lost in the church today, especially in the relatively affluent way. And they, they know to focus on the eternal and trust God keeping their eyes heavenward, forsaking the physical comforts of this earth. They have learned to be comforted spiritually by a loving and almighty God is more valuable than the, than the earthly possessions. And the idea that believers are immune from suffering from sickness, poverty, job losses, etc., are myths promoted by some of the preachers who claim that God never intends man to suffer these things. Often they are called the prosperity or health and wealth gospels. They teach people a distorted version of scripture that often leads to them feeling inadequate and distant from God when tribulations come their way. But rather than being comforted by the knowledge that the Spirit of God is with them, they doubt their faith having been taught that it is the lack of faith that allows suffering. Both teaching abounds now and it abounds abounded in Paul's day, this passage becomes intensely personal as Paul goes on to talk about his own afflictions. In our second point, the distress, where Paul's personal suffering and comfort is derived from, from the Lord, are found in our second point in verses 5 to 7 where Paul went through a feast of hardships, such as being flogged, spending time in prison, and being beaten and stoned. He was even shipwrecked, given up for dead, and at times, though he was close to death. It's not likely that Paul took pleasure in his affliction, and he may well ask, why me? Many times. But here is in this letter, 
he is encouraging the Corinthians to remember that they are not alone in their suffering. Just as Christ suffered great things, so too might they suffer, but, but then just as Christ received abundant comfort from the Father, so too might they receive that abundant comfort. And Paul encourages them to have patience in their suffering and not to mourn or complain or lose faith. He has shared his own sufferings with them that they might be encouraged to remain steadfast, being unashamed. They are to endure not as passive victims but rather with the spirit of a sprinter that reaches for the finish line. Only a spirit like this can overcome the despair and discouragement that can come along with suffering. Paul, in this, he appears confident that those in Corinth who have confessed Christ as their Saviour will remain dedicated in their devotion to him. If they have any seeds of doubt, he doesn't voice them, but instead comes alongside them as a fellow sufferer, identifying himself with them in their tribulations. He is in boasting of his great ability to overcome feelings of despair in his own strength, but rather accredits all things to God through Christ Jesus and in the unity of God who raises from the dead he assures them that they too will come, overcome affliction. And we move on to our next two verses and we look at the one glorious blessing that God has bestowed on man. The knowledge that God is faithful and true so we can indeed put our hope in him. Deliverance from suffering is ultimately eternal death are at the heart of these verses. And this point in his ministry, Paul has had many cold shades with death. And God has truly delivered him from deadly peril on many occasions. And Paul reminds them that their, their hope is in the Lord and that no matter what they experience this side of heaven, He, the Lord, will deliver them into eternal life. I know, and even in the last few weeks there, um, God over the years has put many obstacles in my way with difficult experiences and at times of loss and suffering. Through them I have learned, and I'm still learning, to lean more and more on the Lord. And I believe God has led me to go through these things so that I can come personally closer to Him, realizing each day my need of Him and ability to go alone. 
because I am insufficient and he is all sufficient. I also believe these things come our way that we can share with others. We can emphasize and encourage. Because of our own suffering, we understand that at times there are feelings of despair, questioning and disappointment. But we have been delivered from trials and are able to share the hope we have found in Christ Jesus with others. Paul sums up in verse 11 by urging the Corinthians to pray. He trusts that their faithful prayers move the hand of God and that this in turn is a witness to others Prayer is essential in any Christian life. As I look at these today, what do you do when you're under going tribulation or suffering? It can be hard to pray when you feel under so much pressure, sometimes feeling distant from God and even at times feeling abandoned. We must stand firm on the promises of Scripture during the, those times and recalling passages such as this can be a real help to us. Prayer doesn't have to be long-winded or eloquent. Remember the Spirit knows your utterance of your heart and is mediating for you. My wife, my wife Debbie, she often shares a particular time of suffering she experienced with that she a suffering that she has experienced and she shared it with others and I'm sure she won't mind me just mentioning this today, but after her third child was born, she suffered from postnatal depression. And it was a, a time of great despair, and she found prayer virtually impossible. And she felt distant from God and, and questioned her, even her own salvation. She was encouraged by her believing mother to read Psalm 91 and to read it each day and pray the Lord's Prayer, even if it was just an exercise in discipline to start with. In the beginning she felt she had no benefit. She wasn't convinced God was interested or listening, but as time went by, but as time went by she realised God was where he had always been, right alongside her, upholding her even. So, so, many times during that experience she asked God, why? But now she trusts and knows the answer to enable her to share in the suffering 
of colors, the conscience and the plus in them in their time of need. So time and again when we read scripture we see one great theme and that is God is in control. He doesn't cause your suffering but allows it for a reason. He always has a purpose for his people and every circumstance is an opportunity for him to be glorified. Some of you might be going through some tribulation right now. And some may be more serious than others. But I hope that our journey through this passage today will, will encourage you to remain steadfast and faithful, trusted in God to deliver you. Amen.